Welcome to the Unstoppable CEO Podcast with Steve Gordon. Welcome to the Unstoppable CEO Podcast. I'm your host, Steve Gordon, and today's guest is Arthur Samuel Joseph, founder and chairman of the Vocal Awareness Institute. Arthur is widely recognized as one of the world's foremost communication strategists and authorities on the human voice. His voice and leadership training program, Vocal Awareness, teaches communication mastery through a disciplined regimen of specific techniques designed to cultivate an embodied and enhanced leadership presence and personal presence. And he has coached a who's who of uh, the business world and uh, Hollywood and sports, including Angelina Jolie, Sean Connery, Tony Robbins, Stephen Covey, Jerry Rice, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, and the list goes on and on. Arthur, welcome to The Unstoppable CEO. Steve, what a pleasure to be here. Thank you for having me. I have to tell you, I'm very excited about uh, today's interview because uh, just from a personal standpoint and and selfishly, you know, we're, we're approaching our 100th podcast uh, interview um, on this podcast, and I speak and I do webinars. And so, um, so selfishly, we're going to spend the next 30 minutes, and I, and I hope I learn a little bit that I can actually apply for myself. Uh, but before we get to all of that, I would love it if you would give uh, everybody listening a little bit more about your background, kind of beyond the bio, so that they, they understand how you got to this stage of your career. Absolutely. This is my 53rd year of vocal awareness. With my birthday in this coming, upcoming January, it begins my 54th year of the work. And I have a master's in voice. I'm a classical singer by training. But I've always had what I call a knowing. When I hear a voice, I hear who you are. And it creates this imprint. And I was given insights and training at a very, very young age that enabled me to carve out a new path in communication. Many elements of vocal awareness are actually trademarked and the entire body of work is copyrighted. I've written five books. I teach globally about 60% of my work is like this on Skype or FaceTime all over the world. WeChat, WhatsApp, and I teach empowerment through voice. Vocal awareness is a paradigm shift. And I say it so emphatically because voice is power. When we own our voice, we own our power. One of my clients was just elected to the U.S. Senate out of Arizona. Her name is Kirsten Cinema. I share this not as a PSA on Kirsten or making a political statement, but I share this because if anyone went to YouTube and looked at her campaign announcement from last November and hear and see in that three minutes and change how Kirsten communicates, that's vocal awareness. We don't just see another politician selling something. We see a woman communicating with us, speaking with us. You believe her, you feel the authenticity, not just of the message, but in the messenger. And if we look at any of the Hall of Fame speeches that I craft for my, among others, I have 20 students in the Pro Football Hall of Fame, and I write their 
speeches with them and help them embody them. And if you were to go to YouTube and look at Michael Irvin or Emmett Smith, whose speeches were actually 22, 28 minutes and fully memorized in vocal awareness, or Ladanian Tomlinson's that went viral, et cetera, et cetera, you get an example of one of the themes of today's call for me. It's not just the message, it's the messenger. It's not simply what we say, it's how we say it. So if I say to you, Steve, what a joy it is to be in this call with you today. Thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited. Versus, Steve, what a joy it is to have be on this call with you today. I'm really excited. The first one is bogus, but we don't necessarily know why. We don't recognize that it was simply too high and too fast. All we get that it is that it's not genuine. The second one, we don't know that I breathe, that my voice is a little deeper. All we hear is, I trust that man more. So when I speak about empowerment through voice or voice as power, it isn't big, bombastic sound I'm talking about. It's integral, honest, genuine communication that I'm speaking about. You know, as I listen, uh, as I listen to you, it's uh, and I've I've listened to so many people on these interviews. You you have such a a measured and um, and almost a slower pace in in your speech, um, which is I, I find very interesting in, in listening to you. It's the first observation I had, uh, and you and I haven't talked before today. And and uh, you know, often we'll get people on the podcast who, once the microphone is turned on, their speech rate about triples because they feel like this instant pressure to you know, to get a lot of information out. Uh, very interesting. And I hope you tell us a little bit about. That's a great observation. That's it, a great observation. So, I'm going, uh, may, may I do that right now? Or did you want to ask? Yes, yeah, no, go ahead. Go ahead. Okay. And do you have a stopwatch on your phone or anything nearby? I do. Okay. I'm at a, country club here in downtown Dallas today, and they have something on the screen in front of me. It says, located in the heart of Trophy Club, Trophy Club Country Club offers the only course designed by Ben Hogan. I'm going to read that four times. And if you give me a three, two, one, and time me each time, I'll show you this little exercise to demonstrate something that pertains to what you just said. Three, two, one. Looking at the hard talk, 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 kind of goes, oh, the only course designed by Ben Hogan here. Okay, that was 4.15 seconds. Three more times. Three, two, one. Located in the heart of Trophy Club, Trophy Club Country Club offers the only course designed by Ben Hogan here. That was 5.48 seconds. Two more. Three, two, one. <laughs> So that was seven seconds. And the last one. All right. Three, two, one. Located in the heart of Trophy Club, Trophy Club Country Club offers the only course designed by Ben Hogan. So that was 6.6 .6 seconds. 
virtually the same time, give or take a half a second, as the ridiculous one right before it, and virtually twice as slow as the first one was fast. Yes. A couple of metaphors and examples at play here. In communication, speed is only speed. It is never how fast, rather how effective. Nothing is gained by going too fast. The first one was not three seconds better because it was three seconds faster. The third and fourth one illustrate that I have a finite amount of time and space. Your opening, our elevator pitch, our podcasts. It's how I use the energy in that time and space. So in vocal awareness, it's not merely how fast, it's how effective. I teach us how not just to, how not just to convey data, but how to tell stories. So you noted that I speak slower than most, if not all, your guests, but do I speak too slowly? Am I boring? Do I lack interest? You know, that that is the the counter argument that you would hear. And we coach our clients on on delivering webinars and and oftentimes it's you know a client is someone who hasn't given a presentation before. And you know, their, their, their default is to speak quickly. And, and the argument for that is that, well, if I speak too slowly, that I will lose people, I will go too long, I will bore them. So am I going too long or boring you? Not so far. I'll let you know. I'm sure you will. <laughs> but part of the point is that it actually didn't occur to you, did it? No. And the point is you accept this is this man's communication style. But because of how I speak in a technique that we'll talk about later called visceral language, I see the words that I'm saying. I see the punctuation. I see the comma, the period. If you look at any of these Hall of Fame speeches or Kirsten's campaign announcement, it's all annotated in visceral language. And breaths are marked. They're strategic. I'm a classical singer. A song without a rest is not the same piece of music, but most of us fill our space with white noise. Um, uh, because we might lose our audience if we happen to come up for air. Also, when I go too fast and I don't breathe effectively, I lose thinking time. So in that space right here, for example, I have a nanosecond to capture my next thought, to read my audience to hear what I'm saying, dot, dot, dot. So now, empowerment through voice, we have control, not just of the message, but the messenger. This is how I want to embody my story. Does this make sense? Notice I also, by the way, didn't just say, this is how I embody my story. I said, this is how I embody my story. So I'm subliminally impacting certain words that you take away pay attention to that and, you know and it's so interesting to listen to I'm, I'm i'm listening probably better than i have in any any interview because you are adding so many of those things in there and uh it's fascinating so you, you've been doing this for 54 years yes and um and i mean that 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 is more than a career that is that that's mastery for most people to do anything for that long. Um, I, I have to imagine that 
it wasn't always easy. And <laughs> there may have been a few challenges along the way. How did, what are some of the things that, that you discovered along the way for yourself that, that were effective in overcoming those challenges? I know you told me this is coming on your hundredth podcast. And, and yet in this podcast, as probably in all of them, I'm sure, they're personal. You ask real questions, and I, I appreciate that. And I teach a great number of champions in sport, but and I'm going to be answering your question in this way. But you look up the word champion, and it says dazzlingly skilled in any field. It is not a sports-centric term. And then I connect another critical word in the vocal awareness lexicon to that understanding, audacity. That word means bold, intrepid, fearless, courageous. The root of the word courage is heart. So we all have our origin stories, and mine is as bereft as many people's lots and lots of life challenges single parent mother and poverty and on and on but my mother when i was four years old without i don't know how she where this idea even came from where the many where the money came from because she was putting food on the table and paying rent she dragged me into an accordion studio for my first lesson when i was four and that changed my life. And I knew at four that music was my life. I knew at 12 that singing was its direction. I knew at 15, I began to know at 15 that I hear very differently. I didn't understand it yet, but I began to know it. At 18, I began teaching. And this work was pretty much codified by my late teens, early 20s. I have seven rituals. They were intact. Many of the principles already there. But it took me a long time to understand the work myself. And to, to work with the, to be as bold as I am without being arrogant, to be as integral as I strive to be without being arrogant without being over, overloading, overlording people. Just to be in the integrity of the work takes real courage. And to know the truth of what I'm here to do, which is to change the world through voice. We don't just drop a rock in the water and it sinks to the bottom. We drop a rock in the water and it sends concentric rings across the surface of the pond touching everything it comes in contact with. Well, I learned early on that voice is vibration, just like concentric rings on the surface of the pond. So my journey, my mission, mission is to help us understand how to integrate the power of our voice in everything we do, to come from our sovereignty. People ask, what's it like to work with Sean Connery or to teach 
Emmett Smith or Pierce Brosnan or to train so-and-so. It, it's exciting, I suppose, and it's gratifying, but the point is, it doesn't matter if I'm teaching somebody like that, I'm teaching an old student, Klaus, who struggled with spasmodic dysphonia, or I'm teaching a Holocaust survivor who felt that she had lost her inner voice as a result of the Holocaust, and I helped her find it. So, you, you know, when you ask me that question, it took me a long time to show up, to be frank, because I was like Punxsutawney Phil, and I'd see my own shadow and dart back in my hole. But what enabled this work to prosper was my commitment to the work, the capital W, to surrender, to be in service to my calling. And as I boldly did that day in and day out, year after year, it morphed me. It helped me become the work. And so I believe I am I answering your question, I hope, in a constructive way. I think it's actually a brilliant answer. Um it, it's funny. It, whenever I have these conversations with people, it's it's amazing often how in sync an answer will be with with a thought that I have had recently. And one of the things that I've I've given a great deal of thought to for the last 30 or 45 days is the the sort of of uh, interplay between ourselves as humans and the work that we do. And, you know, we go to work and we do the work. But what I think many of us don't recognize is that the work itself has a very important function in, in working on us to, to create us. You know, there's such an, an intimate connection between the two. Um, it's particularly interesting for me. And I know we, I could, I know you're, you're taking a break in the middle of a seminar. I could probably talk to you for hours on this, but we'll, we'll keep it short. But the, the fact that you've focused in this one area for 54 years is absolutely fascinating to me. Um, and I, I see in across our society today, a, a lot of, of shallow effort. In other words, people never really get deep and get to the point of mastery with, uh, with their work. And I think they suffer. And I think we, we all collectively suffer because we don't get the benefit of what they have to contribute because they just, they, they didn't allow it to, to really get in them. And I appreciate you sharing your experience um, I, because I think it's a very important one. May I, may I attach a couple of thoughts to the brilliance of what you just said? Please do. One of my favorite quotes comes from the early 20th century psychologist, Henry James, William James's brother, excuse me, William James, Henry James's brother, who said, the great use of a life is to spend it for something that outlasts it. We're here to make a difference. So I encourage your listeners to create what I call their vision statement. What is the contribution I want to make? Then the goal statement and timeline beginning with Q1, say, for 19 through Q4. Okay, if this is where I want to be by the end of Q4, where do I have to be by the end of Q1? 
and then Q2, et cetera. And then what do I have to do on a daily and weekly basis? Because in vocal awareness, we also integrate a timeline with this. We don't just write some theoretical or aspirational statement. We actually create a business plan around it in very tactical ways. So it holds, our, it holds us accountable. And then committed to that is something called 168 hours. It's an exercise I write about in my last book, Vocal Leadership, Seven Minutes a Day to Communication Mastery, that I'm so honored it's a McGraw-Hill publication, but I share it for a couple of reasons. One, Commissioner Roger Goodell wrote the foreword, and Roger, to me, is one of the most integral people I know, so it's an honor for me personally to have his name on my book, and quite humbling, actually. But two, in there, I talk about something called 168 hours, seven times 24. How do we spend a week? So it's an exercise in how to structure time. Because the single greatest deterrent to our fulfilling our vision is we let ourselves off the hook. There's nobody to tell us what to do. So, oh, it's 10 o'clock, I'm tired. But if we've got a midterm tomorrow, it's happening with or without us, so we're up all doing the all-nighter. We know those, that. But when it comes to ourselves, sometimes our dreams intimidate us. So I created a concept called the pragmatic visionary. For all the dreamer does is dreams, but the pragmatic visionary works to make the dream a reality. All this interfaces with the matrix that I'm identifying for you right now. Then the last element in this construct is our persona statement. We live in a society where perception is reality, Steve, an opinion created in three seconds. Your listeners don't see me for one nanosecond in this podcast, but they hear me for the 30 or 40 minutes it takes. In all verbal communication, only 8% of our communication is language-based. In this podcast, 92% of what I'm sharing is communicated through my body language and the sound of my voice. Yes, the body speaks, even on a podcast or the telephone. And so I stay dialed in. So we have our seven rituals, and we put a couple of reminders in front of us, such as take my time, allow a conscious loving breath, be in stature, etc., some of the principles of the work to remind me, to keep me tethered to my persona. Because the persona statement asks the question, how do I want to be known? Wow, I have a choice? So then in vocal awareness, I teach you that every single thing in life revolves only around two things. To choose to do something or to choose not to. Never matters if it's scary or I'm tired or I'm seemingly daunting. All that matters is how badly I want it. In abdication, I made a choice by walking away. But in vocal awareness, all I care about is, does that choice empower me or disempower me? So the persona statement then becomes our mantra to ourselves. This is how I want to be known. Then the structures of the work enable us to show up as that each and every day. Record your conference call and listen back. 
Record your podcast and listen back. Study it. It's what I call game film. Write out your opening. Write out your opening. Write out your PowerPoint slides. Don't just do bullets. Write them out and practice them. We don't realize how much work it takes to be ourselves while others watch. And I could obviously, as with you, we could spend hours together, man. I hope I'm not spending too much time. Not at all. Not at all. Um, let's take a quick break here because I know there's there's some very practical things that that you want to share related to vocal awareness. I want to come back and give you time to do that because I think they're going to be very impactful for everyone listening, particularly anyone uh, who whoever has to communicate, which is I think everybody who's listening today. So um, <laughs> I think it's going to be very powerful for you. We're going to take a quick break. We'll be back with more from Arthur. Hi, this is Steve. I hope you're enjoying this interview. We've got more to come in a minute, but what I'd love for you to do right now is rate this podcast. Leave us a review, rate us on iTunes. It'll really help others discover the podcast and help us help other CEOs, other business leaders become unstoppable. So if you go to unstoppableceo.net forward slash iTunes, you can find instructions there and links that will take you right to where you need to go to review the podcast. Thanks so much. Now back to the interview. Welcome back, everyone. This is Steve Gordon. And today my guest is Arthur Joseph. And Arthur, um, I just thoroughly enjoyed your insights in the first part of the, the interview. Um, and what I'd like to do now is have you kind of take us into your vocal awareness world. And, um, and you, you've given us a little bit of a of a high level view, I think, from the first part of the conversation. But for someone who is completely new and, and maybe hasn't heard of you before, where where would you start to sort of give them context for this? Well, first of all, I would encourage everybody to take notes from what I've said. Create a vocal awareness journal. When you listen back, you're going to find this is very worthy content and clearly something you've never heard before. So go back and listen and take note. Then practice. Think what it takes to practice your, your opening paragraph. So before we do any of that, tell me one sentence, Steve, please, about what your mission is, just one sentence. Our mission is is simple. It's to create freedom for 10,000 professional service firm owners. Great. That's all I want. Tell me that again now, please, Steve. To create freedom for 10,000 professional service firm owners. Now, embody, I'd like you to sit up straight. Sit at attention, please, Steve. Okay. Now, you noticed you held your breath, correct? Yes. Okay. I don't want you to sit like that anymore. Instead, I, I want you to slowly and gracefully, from three inches below your navel, slowly, it's art, gracefully pull a magic thread, literally with your hand, higher and higher and higher, right up to the top of your, middle of your head, the middle of your crown chakra, taller, taller, put the hand down, I'm going to ask you to Take five seconds to allow a conscious, loving breath. It will be slow and silent. I'm going to count you in and breathe slowly with you. At the apex, at the peak of that inhale, 
give me the same sentence, see one word underlined, and see a period at the end of the sentence. In stature, in five, deeper, three, watch neck and shoulders, two, deeper, and begin. We exist to create freedom for 10,000 professional service firm owners. Hear the difference? Absolutely. Underline, tell me, put a, what's called a downbeat in vocal awareness, put an accent grab over the U in that last word and see a period. You don't have to explain to me what that means. Put an accent over the U. Okay. And see a period after the word absolutely and say the word again. Absolutely. And now with a breath. And don't rush. Absolutely. Hear the difference? Yes. That's visceral language. Now the word sounds like it was intended to sound. So then we have vocal warm-ups. Nobody warms up before they communicate. But I don't know one athlete, one artist who doesn't warm up before they perform or compete. Clearly. So in vocal awareness, we warm up our voices in many, many different ways. But the simplest one is finding the hub of the voice. Somewhat nasally, lips relaxed and together, little air expelled out of our nostrils. First, we do this. And where that pitch ends up, we begin speaking. So we're going to put you back in stature. Let me first hear you do that exercise. In three, two, one. Mm. Good. Now, we're going to not rush it the next time, and I'm going to ask you to take your hand and diagram what I call an arc, not an arch. It does not descend. I want you to visualize a plane taking off and drive that hand diagonally until you complete that hub sound. Listen to me. In three, use your hand to diagram it. Two, deeper, and begin. And the sentence again, please, Steve. In three, breath, two. We exist to give freedom to 10,000 professional service firm owners. And you hear the voice has more presence in it, correct? Yes. And we don't even know what we're doing yet. And we're on (laughs) podcasts. So imagine (laughs) if we were looking at each other eye to eye, man. That's right. We can't even see each other. And so these are some of the empowering techniques. I teach empowerment through voice. That's trademarked. You can see the impact of the work, correct? In just those couple of moments. Yes, just in a few... Those are just a few very minor little tweaks of... So I, I teach mastery, as you recognize. Right. Mastery is in the subtlety. These techniques may be subtle, but the outcome, substantial. Yeah, I can imagine now trying trying to put all of... And I'm, I know there are other techniques that you teach putting all of that into a conversation like the one we're having. I can hear you doing it. Uh, I, I know I'm not. And so I can hear the difference. Uh, you know, it's funny when we we're do it because we're doing this now, 
the 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 contrast is is stark at least to my ear um, it is absolutely and i and i can imagine then doing that in the front of a room mm-hmm. or one on one with a client and and why i think this is so important one of the reasons i was so excited today to speak with you and cover this topic is that for for the the businesses that we help for the people that are listening they get paid based on the advice that they give in other words they get paid to communicate ideas and for those ideas to land with impact on their clients such that their clients will go and implement those ideas and in doing so we'll get value and so you see all all of what they do their their entire business really is centered around their ability to communicate effectively and i think this is critically important and take the word i think out and state again i know i know their ability to deliver value to their to their clients and make an impact in the world is critically important critically important underline critically critically important and because voice is power and i took out i think because it's white noise and and so i because i I already overstayed my welcome with you today i want people to understand our responsibility is to the work the capital w our responsibility is to be in service to our calling. As I say in one of my books, we never get a second chance to make a first impression. So think about how much work it might take to be who you are, no longer for simply presenting who you are. And when Steve was speaking, in these last couple of minutes, Steve knows this. Steve was actually listening to himself differently, not censoring or editing, but simply being mindful. That's one of the principles of vocal awareness. It's called conscious awareness. It helps us listen and once again gain greater control. Wonderful. Arthur, thank you very much for sharing some time with me today. I I want to uh, make sure that everyone who is listening knows how to find out more about you and about vocal awareness. And for those who have maybe listened to this and and think that maybe they want to, you know, get some, some help with it. um, I know you've set up a a special website just for our listeners at vocalawareness.com slash unstoppable CEO. So um, if you're listening, you can go there. We'll link to that in the, the show notes. And so if you're, you're listening on iTunes or, uh, or listening on our website, there will be a link in the show notes to get you there without having to remember it and type it. Uh, Arthur, where else should people go to uh, connect with you if they want to find out more? Well, before that, this offering, I don't make idly. I make it because I'm enlisting people in what I call the human achievement movement. I want us to really learn how to be the best that's possible. So this course that I'm offering is at a 50% discount. And it's only available to your listeners. 
Thank you. And it's very generous. And so back in my Tony Robbins days, we went and interviewed, he went and interviewed Robert Cialdini when he'd just written this book on influence. And he spoke about the law of scarcity and your listeners can only get it here. And it's the work I've been sharing with you today. It's visceral language. It's me on video teaching the work one-on-one -on -one with you. So do take advantage of it, not for me, but for yourself. And then if people want to find out more, they simply go to vocalawareness.com. They send me emails to support there, and they're forwarded to me, and I answer them all. So my world is to change the world to voice. And Steve, I'm so grateful for this opportunity today. This has been a joy. Um, you know, I, I believe there are three fundamental ways that that we all make investments every day. We invest with our money, certainly, but but more importantly, we invest with our time and with our energy. And uh, and and today, I think we've made a wise investment over the last forty-five minutes or so with our time and our energy. Thank you for being here. Thank you for sharing with our audience, Arthur. It's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you so much, Steve. Happy day. Thanks for listening to the Unstoppable CEO Podcast. Help others discover this show. Leave a review and rating on iTunes at unstoppableceo.net forward slash iTunes.